Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry? Who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them, and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm super excited to share with you that I have brought back my signature course, She Nets Worth, a hairstylist guide to going independent. So, If you've been independent for a while and you don't have systems, this course is for you. If you're thinking about going independent and you're not sure if it's what's the right move for you, this course is for you. I know for myself, I wish I had this course. Basically, the first four years I was independent, I struggled because I didn't have the infrastructure or the understanding of the business side of my business. So if this sounds like something you could use some help with, please head over to my website, wavemaking.com, and check out my course. All right, guys. So a lot of my episodes tend to be informed by conversations I've had or you know my own experiences. And today's episode, I want to talk about specializing. I know over the years, um, just from talking to stylists, I've always specialized. And I know that for a lot of us that haven't, um, there are people that wish they did. And there are people that I know, and there's been times in my career where I've wished I did everything, you know? So it's not to say, and if you know anything about me by now, you know that I don't believe that there's one way to do everything. But for the person that is wanting to specialize, that is feeling held back from doing it, I want to share with you guys my experience to kind of give you a little empowerment to make a move that maybe you want to make. And if you're someone that does everything, I feel like you are a special, special breed and it's such a cool thing. You know, I'm I'm almost trying to give my clients away to my coworker, Jenny, because I'm like, well, she can do everything. I, I don't do everything. Um, and luckily my clients are like, oh my God, I love you both. Um, but I think as someone who knows that I don't cut hair, I've never professionally cut hair, I, I really admire that in other stylists. But then I also come back to who I am what serves the life I want to lead and what brings me the most joy and it's hair color. You know, I've never had, um, the why for wanting to be able to do both was always to accommodate other people. It's not a big enough reason for me to go and learn how to cut hair. The why would need to be something more, you know, artistically focused or something that like set my soul on fire. And that's just not, not the reality. So as far as specializing goes and my my experience with it, from the time I was in hair school, I was like, I'm going to be a cutter. I'm going to cut hair. I'm going to have a, a sheer tattooed on my lower arm. And I'll tell you why. Because there was a girl that worked at Van Michael at a Aveda Congress in Minneapolis. And she was there uh, with Van Michael. And her name was Seven. And she had a... Um, scissors tattooed. And I thought, I want to be that fucking cool. Like that's, that's what I'm going to do. Well, so fast forward, I'm left-handed. The shears sharpener breaks the tip off my shears. I just, I tried to do the Victoria Beckham. I had her head down the whole time. So you guys all know what happened. Her head went up and it was like, oh, she has the reverse of the Victoria Beckham. She's actually shorter in the front and longer in the back. So what ended up happening there was like, hey, instructor over here, I'm I'm going to be leaving school in the next week and I'm not going to be professionally cutting hair. So I think you and I are in best situation here is for you to go over and tell Pam that her hair looks great. 
So that's exactly what happened. The instructor, you know, it's like I might as well have been the manager at the hair school. The instructor knew better. He didn't want to deal with this nightmare of a, I had to shave her hairline to make it kind of trick the eye. And uh, he was like, you look great. I'm like, don't go over there and spin her ass around, okay? Keep her keep her forward facing and let's just tell her, let's, she's never had a bad experience here. Do you want that to be today? He said, no. So fast forward. It just, it wasn't something that I, um, I really took to the cutting. And I'll tell you, part of it was being left-handed. Every educator took the shears out of my hand and flipped them around and then cut the hair themselves, which now I'm not learning shit because you're doing it backwards. Um, but a key thing here, I still didn't know anything about hair color, right? Like, I mean, you who leaves hair school and really understands hair color? Not me. So fast forward, I do an amazing apprenticeship. It's 13 months long. And uh, I, I leave really confident in hair color. And I think it was something that I found it so um, just like badass to me that people would do one thing. And I remember back then it was, it was completely passion-based. It wasn't like hair color, colorists make the money, which has been a huge stigma, I feel, uh, in my career of, you know, in salons where there's uh, departmentalization. It's like, Oh, the colorists just make all the money and the stylists. And if you go into business for yourself, you'll find that there's a lot more expense to go with hair color. So um, we'll get into all of that. But um, the reason for going into one or the other, you know, was not lifestyle based. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I want to make a great living. It was like, this is my passion. And I loved how you could change someone's skin color. I loved just the color component of it. And uh, I just was less drawn to cutting. Um, and fast forward, I'm 15 years in the industry. And I know I talk to stylists and suites and just independent stylists in general, like all the time. And some people I think are happy doing both. And that's amazing. The people that I talk to that I want to like really speak to today are the people that have a passion for one specific, um, service that they love to do. And they, they feel a little bit like they need to do everything. Um, I'll just share with you that even, you know, with COVID and have being pregnant, I was like, okay, I want to limit the services that I'm doing and seeing fewer people. I even for a while, if people are going to say like, you're crazy, Lindsay, but I did it and it worked out fine. I was like, I'm going to stop doing base colors for a while. So I'm only going to do bigger services. I'm only going to do highlights. I'm only going to do like dual services where it's like highlights and a base, but I'm not going to do any just base color touch-ups because they're, they're more in more frequently and I see more people and I'm trying to not, you know, with COVID, I, I didn't want to see as many people per day. I also wanted to try this on and, um, it's interesting case study. I think people that are like, I can't not do every kind of service. It's like, I've taken it to the point of like, I only do this kind of hair color. So just to give you an idea of like, can you do that? you 100% can. And it's really empowering. And I think like if there's something that you want to do in your business or a service you want to stop doing, or there's something that, um, that you know, you don't look forward to doing and it stresses you out, I just would encourage you to sit with that because the end of the day is every time you deny that feeling inside of you and you don't make that change, you're losing more trust in yourself and, um, you're not showing up for yourself. And, I can tell you from years and years of doing that um, and not 
you know, having my services priced accordingly to my time, um, you can really lose yourself in, in that lack of action that you take on behalf of yourself. So when it comes to services, like, so now I'm back in the salon and I am still doing base colors. I don't do as many of them because they're priced uh, in such a way where I'm not losing money when I do them versus another service. And so kind of to bring it full circle here, when it comes to specializing, I think that there's a lot of people that specialize in cutting, but have been told that to make good money, you have to do hair color. I think that that's another one of like, there's all these things in our industry that we're told like, you know, even if it's like you have to do extensions to make good money, the right person doing extensions is killing it. The person that it doesn't bring them joy and it stresses them out and they're kind of like talking people out of getting them done because it stresses them out, that person's not killing it. They'd be better served doing services that light them up. And uh, I guess I think I thought there was a manual, I've said this before, but for everything, like the hairstylists that get it, what are they doing? Look left, look right. The, the moms that are doing it right, look left, look right. Nobody is doing it right. Ideally, everyone's doing what's right for them. And that's freed me up to be like, then I just empowers me to make decisions that honor me. And I mean, if I was looking left and looking right right now, I'd be like, I don't know anyone with this schedule that I have. I don't know anyone that goes in for a half day on Mondays. I don't know anyone. And like just sitting with the fact that I'm not, I don't need to, to have it be what's right for me. And as, as for services. So there's a lot of people that if they do a deep dive, and I know a lot of you have, they would find that they're actually losing money on certain services. And, you know, for me, for years, you know, people want to talk about reoccurring revenue. People talk about, oh, but this person's going to come in all the time. That's beautiful. But if that service is like 25, 30, 40% undervalued comparatively time-wise to other services that you do, we can tell ourselves stories all day, all time about how that that revenue, that reoccurring revenue is impactful. But that person's not asking for a deal. And so you kind of get on this weird, uncomfortable dance where you feel like the people are coming to you because you do both services, or you think people are coming to you because you haven't raised your prices, or you think you make a lot of assumptions around why people are seeing you. And I've, I know this because I've done it, the same thing. And it's funny when you like make the changes, you realize like that was just that little fear voice in your head because people weren't just coming to me because I was convenient because I became less convenient and more expensive and people rallied around me. And that is the case for a lot of like, that's going to be the case for most of you and most of your clients. You are going to lose some people, but I think just being able to stand in your lane more confidently is going to attract a style of person that is way more aligned with you than the person that you're subconsciously attracting by being everything to everyone. Like there was a time where like I didn't want to raise my base color prices. That's kind of always been my kryptonite, like the base color, the touch up. Like how do I charge that? How do I do it? I used to justify keeping the price low, but justify it to myself that I was keeping the price what it was by doing double booking those services always. But that was so much um, physical labor involved of juggling two people. So apply the color, apply the color, shampoo, blow dry, book the next appointment, check them out with retail, uh, flip it over to the other person. Like, and I was living my life doing that all the time. And 
and it was like some like cheap way to tell myself I was like being compensated, but the level of work that I was doing in there was exhausting and I could have been happier a lot sooner had I said I specialized in natural lived in color and I I do base colors, but this is the cost. This is the price. And just kind of bringing everything up to the same place as far as price goes. Because, you know, if you were to run your numbers through a spreadsheet, you might find that, you know, your services crazily vary. You might you might be like, oh my gosh, I thought the the, the balayage for 280 was was an amazing value for, like, I thought I was banking. But when you look at how long it took you, let's say you book four hours out for it, and then you're not even talking product here. We're talking, like, it's possible that for four hours, you're you're under $100 an hour. I mean, you'd have to be at four hours. And then that's not, you know, you've got product involved and, you know, kind of coming down to the, the, the brass tacks of it, you know, it's not all money you're taking home because if you're in a suite or you're in a studio, you've got overhead, let's say it's $30 an hour, you need to break even the amount of hours that you're in the salon. You know, you can figure all that out. But um, I just think it's really interesting when when people tell me what they love to do, and then they they um, actually tell me what they do. And then also, I think it's really interesting when when people say, I do a lot of blank service. Well, you might have a lot of people that come in for that service. But you might be surprised if you run the numbers to see that that's actually your least profitable service. You might find, whoa, in in the first quarter of 2021, I say I say I do a lot of men's cuts. I don't. I'm just saying that's a number one that people say a lot. I do a lot of men's cuts, but then when you run the numbers, it's like, whoa, like I did ten thousand dollars in men's cuts. I did forty thousand dollars in hair color. Like whatever it is. Um, what you do a lot of is what you're compensated for. So um, you might have been seeing a lot of men, but it's not the service that's your most profitable. And I think we can get tricked into, because I've done this too, like there was times in my business where the base colors were 50% of what I did. And then the next year by some strategic moves, they were 35%. And then the next year from some strategic moves, they were 25%. Now they're a very small part of what I do. And I think that that's important to say too. I think we can see someone else's business and we can see what they're doing today, but we don't know that this has been six years in the making or four years in the making. And, you know, I think that every little step you take towards honoring yourself behind the chair, it pays tenfold in your business, in your life. Because if you're getting up in the morning and you're doing services that you love, um, I mean, what that does for your clientele, what that does for the energy that you're projecting into the world and what it actually attracts, it's it's a game changer. I didn't know, I didn't see a model uh, explained to me the way that I've ended up doing it. But I wish someone would have told me like it can be this good and you can work the hours you want to work. And, you know, I know that uh, because I was like, this is like my biggest like kryptonite was the stress of making these changes and then seeing that person that you've made an assumption about because they've told you what their schedule is. They've told you like, I can only do four o'clock and you're like, my last one's going to be three. So when I see that person tomorrow, I'm already stressed out. But I just want to like give you just like a deep, sigh and a, a pat on the shoulder and put my hand on your shoulder. This is getting weird. You know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, and tell you that 
the people that want to see you make it work and the level of assumption and the level of responsibility we take for scheduling people. And don't get me wrong, there was a time where the kind of person that I attracted was like, do you have me in your schedule? And I'd be like, yeah, Nancy, of course I do, because that's what I do. I'm that good. And it's like, no, you are that insecure and you are that feeling that unworthy that you need this like bully of a client to tell you you're great. I mean, how, how bad is it? I mean, I mean, when you really look at it like that, it's like, it was pretty bad. But fast forward, I, I've shed all of that gross energy because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to digest it anymore and do a little dance and, um, it's not to be misinterpreted as being rude or full of myself. I'm just happier and kinder to myself. And in doing so, the kinds of clients that come to see me and the kind of relationships that have attracted, that's why I want to say to the person that's uh, unsure of dropping something that's not bringing them joy, that they think that there's a financial uh, demand for that service. I mean, think about the fa- your favorite thing client or your favorite service to do. And imagine just doing that because we really have that kind of power and that kind of control in our careers. And I think we so often uh, crave certainty to the point of like passing on things that would really little changes that would be hard in the moment, but would have this lasting impact in our lives. And yeah, I mean, whatever you love to do, that's what you should be doing because that's what's going to serve the world. And I don't mean to be all rah, rah, gaga on you, but it's true. And it'll get to the point where like whatever your dream career is or like the, the, the schedule, the services, the pricing, the location, all of it, whatever it is, there will be people because I literally was in the salon today and I was telling my client, like, I'm here for two people today. And she was like, well, don't rush back. I mean, you've got a lot on your plate, you know, you got, and it's like, you will attract people that don't want to see you spread yourself thin. And I always say, clients don't necessarily know you're spreading yourself thin, but when you start to communicate around the changes you're making, as uncomfortable as it is because it's a narrative you haven't really had with people, you will quickly find out the people that are like asking you genuinely like, oh, you're not going to work nights? And you're like, if you say to them, no, I'm not, you know, I I actually missed... I miss having dinner. I've never actually had dinner with my husband. There will be people that in that in that curiosity are like, I had no idea. Yeah, that's amazing. You should do that. And then there's going to be people that are going to be like, hmm, I mean, you're a business owner. It's what you signed up for. And you're going to see, like, there are going to be people on both sides of the aisle. But at the end of the day, you deserve the kind of life that you want. And no one's going to give that to you. No one's going to unless you get a coach or hire me and we go through your service list and you're literally like, this is, these are the services I love to do. I hate doing these. And we look at the numbers and we look at the, like the story behind it because the numbers tell a story. Um, like you can't afford not to stop doing this, you know, because it's like if we're, and here's what I think people do. And this will be the last thing I say on this today is I think that people don't, like they want a short-term win. They want the money short-term. It's like, I can't get rid of like base colors or I can't get rid of this. And I know base colors, pretty extreme uh, example as a colorist, but they're back, the ones that want to be, you know? And 
I can't get rid of that because like, look at how much of my income's at, 25% of my income's at, or 10% of my income. But like five years, four years, 10 years from now, can you afford not to make these little uncomfortable changes? Because I'll tell you what, having, having a child and having made all these uncomfortable decisions, I'm getting to reap the benefits of discomfort from yesterday. So I'm getting to like show up today and like love my career and love my life because I was willing to be uncomfortable back there. And I think that a lot of us need to get more comfortable with the discomfort of planting a seed today that's going to blossom tomorrow or the next day or a year from now or two years from now, because that's really the happiest people I think in this career are thinking with that foresight of like, that's where I want to be going. What little incremental steps do I need to be taking to get there? And maybe it's you stop doing a certain kind of hair color. You, you, you know, you, you're someone who specializes in cutting. Maybe you, maybe you do this incrementally and you try it on. I'm not someone who likes to make decisions or changes like that are so absolute. I really love the idea of trying things on. And so that's why, like, you know, you might say I'm, I'm no longer doing foil work. And I'm 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 just going to be doing base colors for my clients that like the base colors. And everyone else, I'm going to refer them on. That might be how you try it, and that might be the sweet spot for you. And that might be a service that's priced in a way, or it gets adjusted to a price that you're honoring yourself while doing it. But I think so often we don't actually dig deep enough to figure out like what's actually profitable, what makes us money. But we've just been told like everyone who makes a good money doing hair is a colorist where it's sometimes when, you know, when you're looking at pricing per minute and pricing per hour, it's pretty cut and dry with, with stylists. And I don't think there's a limit to what a haircut can cost. I pay $140 for my haircut and I love every minute of it. And, uh, I think that, you can limit yourself by saying like, oh, stylists can only charge this much. Colorists are so lucky. But there's a lot of colorists that aren't making the kind of money that you think they're making because their their expenses are so high. And that's why when I talk about like, what do you, how often do you order your hair color? How much are you using on people? What kind of services do you do? Because um, the there's a lot more to the story oftentimes. So I just, that's just a topic I just feel very passionate to talk about because I think that whatever, whatever like services and whatever specialty you choose to have, it's going to be a, a a financial reward will come with it instead of chasing services or staying with things that you think have more of a financial outcome because ultimately like you get to decide and it sounds so like, is it that simple? It is with thought and intentionality, you can you can change your career a million different ways. I, I've done it a million different ways and uh, I think I've made little changes and little changes. Next thing you know, I've got a whole different business. So um, yeah, I hope that um, some of this made sense. It's uh, I could keep going, but I'm, I'm going to let you go. You have a wave making Monday and I will see you next week.